You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup B, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted, it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! And welcome to another episode of the 2 and Out CFL podcast, Travis Kura and Brazilian Tide. Man, I haven't said anything about this. We've been away for a little while. I honestly considered retiring uh, to an out. And I I just don't know if I could have or will find the creative energy, the juices to do the show anymore. But then the other day, somebody just out of the blue asked me about my predictions for the upcoming season. And then I thought, I can't let it go. (laughs) 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 I still love the game. I still got the season Mm -hmm. tickets. I'm still going to the Grey Cup. I still want to do this, but can I? (laughs) It it is a grind. Yeah, the season is a grind. So just like a veteran CFL player at about 36 or 37 years old, that every year they sign a one-year deal and not sure if they're ready for it until training camp. We're WHA Gordy Howe right now. <laughs> I think I'm ready for another season. So let's get underway with what's gone on over the past few weeks. We got the news that the late, great Joe Cap has passed away. He was the first quarterback to bring a Grey Cup to BC in 1964. He was a CFL All-Star twice, and his number 22 has been retired by the Leos for his contributions on and off the field. Of course, we all remember the 2011 Grey Cup incident with Angelo Mosca, and that will forever live in CFL lore, but he did have an incredible career as well, and he should be remembered for that, too, of course. And and I really hope that they continued the fight. (laughs) Somebody's waving a cane at the great, great cup (laughs) in the sky. (laughs) Now, we got news about a week, week and a half ago, that the CFL is going to be bringing at least some streaming to the fans, and it's been what people have been asking for for a long time. So I really hope that those fans support this initiative and uh, find ways to watch the games. It includes CFL preseason live. And I know we've made jokes about preseason football in the past, but hey, a lot of these guys are coming to Canada for the first time trying to earn jobs on Mm -hmm. the field. Well, maybe... Well, let's face it, the coaches don't care what we think. They don't care what the fans think. And they don't Especially have, Chris Jones. They don't have much time to evaluate players at all. So these games, a lot of decisions are made in two, three series. Like, I can't mm-hmm. imagine packing your life up and coming to Canada and having this little of an opportunity. But you'll be right. able to watch those with the CFL's first ever live streaming streaming platforms. They've got CFL Preseason Live and also CFL Plus, which is, I think, 
pretty big news. It'll be able to serve the fan base, they say. More Americans will be able to see their players. Uh, CFL Plus will live stream all games not being broadcast on the CBS Sports Network in the States while the entirety of the 2023 season, including the Grey Cup playoffs and the Grey Cup, will be available for viewers outside of North America. That is pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty cool for the CFL to pull this off. I mean, like, starting with preseason, do people want preseason games? Yes. Uh, You know, there is, it goes, what, six months where we don't have Canadian football and yes there is the NFL and everything but this is it's just different you want it do I want to watch it no (laughs) (laughs) that's just me right but I mean especially like you mentioned the guys like uproot their lives and come up here for maybe the chance to play half a game their families can watch now there is a chance for them to see them play a game of football so that is huge uh the streaming I mean TSN does stream their stuff, but you got to have subscription and everything. So this is something outside of a cable subscription or something like that with the CFL and CFL plus. Uh, I just hope that, you know, it doesn't go, it doesn't go to the way by the wayside, like production and quality wise. That's what I worry about when you're getting into that stuff that, you know, it's just kind of put over here. New health and safety measures have been introduced to further safeguard players. We've seen, uh, the, the linemen, the running backs, and the linebackers wearing those guardian mm-hmm. caps this season. And I don't know if you've seen uh, what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have done, those massive ball caps you can buy at the store. They're the, they're the best. <laughs> I love those And it things. reminds me of that, except yeah. on your helmet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, we've been talking about player safety, and it's been a thing and a conversation in all of sports it feels like for the past decade or so. So don't get me started on player safety as another fan. <laughs> no, don't do it. Anything that makes yeah. the game at least a little bit safer, especially during a training camp, yeah. you don't want a serious injury uh, during this time of year. They've got the mm-hmm. medical tents that they're bringing in. There's going to be pregame medical meetings, medical staff, training just a lot of the little stuff that will probably yield big results and speaking of little things the rule changes that we've seen coming into town this season none of them are really big uh they're they're all just little things that are fine-tuning the rule changes if you do want to read about them uh, cfl.ca they're all up there they did mess one up let's be honest which one? The teams that can't uh, wear zero or double zero? <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? We which both one? know which one. Which we both one? know which one. It's the Rouge? They went the wrong way with it. That that's They went more like all in, right? They, they went more, eh, screw it. Like because we saw we, we, teams like... No, it had to, it had to go the other way. Because I think most fans they want to see the rouge only if the returner touches the ball, you know. Yeah. But now it doesn't have to be touched. So yeah. There's one uh, real change yeah. we have coming into 2023. 
There are four preseason games this weekend. We're recording this right before Montreal and Ottawa are set to play. That game is broadcast uh, tomorrow, a couple games. Shortly after, I just tied my personal best. Tied? BT dub. Well done. I blew up on the back nine. It was real bad. <laughs> Winnipeg playing Edmonton tomorrow, uh, Saturday, uh, Toronto and Hamilton and BC and Saskatchewan. Speaking of the Riders, I think probably the biggest storyline heading into the season is who's going to be backing up uh, Trevor Harris. Will it be the players that were on the roster last year, Mason Fine, Jake Dolagala, or a newcomer like Shea Patterson? He's been, uh, I guess, impressing some fans. He's looked poised and throwing a, a pretty good ball at training camp. So that is going to be uh, a storyline to follow in Saskatchewan. And I think the offseason went a little bit better than some fans maybe thought it was going to go in mm. Regina. They've added some toughness in the trenches, including veteran offensive lineman Philip Blake and defensive tackle Micah Johnson. You have to think that that is going to help out a guy like Pete Robertson, who I, did, I do know he got hurt uh, yeah. last year, but he started the season incredibly well slowed down as it went on but if you're able to add a guy like Micah Johnson to the fold that's going to help those defensive ends get pressure on the quarterback yeah like if, if you make teams start thinking about having to double a defensive tackle which when Micah Johnson is on the field you you have it has to be a thought oh yeah not, doesn't it they don't not necessarily going to do it every time but if you have to pick three guys and you can really only double two of them I mean, that's going to give somebody a uh, pretty good matchup, uh, no matter which side you're on of the, like whether you're on the left side or the right side, or if you're in the middle, uh, it just gives the defense a lot more options, a lot more lanes of pressure that they can create. As for the backup job, I mean, it's it comes down to, you can't even say who performed the best because, I mean, Mason Fine kind of got thrown to the Wolves it last is. year. And at the same time, it, it's a very important position because of two reasons. A, if Trevor Harris gets hurt, then yes, you need every plays like crap. You need somebody there. B, it's the most important position in Saskatchewan. Yeah, it's the most popular player on the roster. Right, like how Tino isn't still in the mix is beyond me. <laughs> in Ottawa, there's uh, now a wide open battle for Sime linebacker as veteran linebacker Patrick Levels has been released. Uh, Bob Dice saying that Damon Webb is a guy who's in the mix. Uh, same with Alonzo Day. So there's going to be some players to watch there as the uh, preseason moves along and training camp moves along and Braylon Addison released by the Hamilton Tiger Cats has signed in Ottawa. I think we both agree that he can be a great receiver in the CFL. The only problem is he does need to find a way to stay on the field. A lot of stuff out of his control uh, that's gone on in his career. If he's able to stay on the field, he will be able to make some things happen between those uh, those gridiron and between the sidelines. And he's played with Jeremiah Masoli before, so that kind of does help his uh, prospects in Ottawa. It ain't going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do have one preseason game in the books. Calgary beat Edmonton 29-24. I wonder if it was kind of a litmus test for future May-long football. 
Football isn't exactly on my mind May long weekend. No, and on I'm, my mind, it's just trying to find fresh air that isn't filled with smoke yeah, on May long. That did delay the game by 30 <laughs> minutes. There was a thunderstorm that delayed <laughs> the game. <laughs> like, lightning rolled through. <laughs> it was like the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. And, hey, next year it could be snow on <laughs> how dare you Monday hey uh, at this point any moisture is good moisture yeah, exactly exactly now Dave Dickinson don't tell him it was a preseason game mm. he uh, did not hold back with uh, criticism of Tommy Stevens and Jake Mayer who goes into the season as the mayor of McMahon he gets the reins in Calgary but some of the newcomers did impress Dave Dickinson. And there's always been this factory of quarterbacks in Calgary. And I was quarterbacks, talking, receivers, linebackers, yes. offensive line. <laughs> what are we talking about here? <laughs> Cause I was talking to somebody like, <laughs> I don't know if it was, it, it remains to be seen if it was the best time to move on from Bo Mitchell. Yeah. But I felt the same way about Charleston Hughes. He had some good seasons in Saskatchewan after that as well. But Dave Dickinson, money, uh, yeah, money plays a big role in that though too. For sure. And and John Huffnagel know more about playing quarterback than mm-hmm. I ever will. So Chris yeah. Reynolds <laughs> and Logan Bonner were the guys that left nice first impressions. Mm-hmm. We will see who gets to stick with the Calgary Stampeders as things move on. You brought up linebackers. Uh, just before we move on from that, how you said uh, Dave was hard on Mayer and Tommy Stevens and don't tell him it's a preseason game. You think about it, there's not a lot of time to make these cuts. It's not yeah, like the NFL. Exactly. Where now I know it's only three weeks in the NFL. You only got three games now with that bye week. But like, remember when we only played two? And it was it was a crapshoot. Like, you saw guys for a series and you never saw them again. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, was he critical? Yes. Does he demand perfection? Yes. But he also has the hardest decisions to make. All, mm-hmm. all nine teams do. And so they have to look at these like they're real football games. These are not tryouts at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Herdman-Reed was released by the uh, BC Lions. He's now a Stampeder. And, hey, you did mention the uh, the sort of factory of linebackers that roll through Calgary. Jameer Thurman is off to... Uh, Hamilton now, and they did lose Darnell Sankey recently as well, who's going to step in and be that dominant linebacker for the Stampeders. It seems like maybe that's the system in Calgary. There's always a linebacker that um, people thought Corey Greenwood was done. He comes to Calgary, has a great, I think, resurgence in his career. This goes back to Jawan Simpson times, man. Like they always have to be an athlete. And it makes yeah. me it makes me the guy I hate because I hate Buck Martinez. Oh, this guy's a ball player. No, <laughs> he's playing baseball, <laughs> right? Yeah, so like yeah. if you are athletic, it's, you don't have to be like you don't have to be a prototype. You got to be athletic. You got to be able to get to the ball. You got to be able to cover. You got to be able to blitz. You got to be you gotta do all this other stuff. If you can do that, you can play quarterback for Calgary Stampeders. They, they don't keyhole guys. You have to be an athlete. and You got to be super athletic. And if you are, they will find a spot for you. And I Micah. think I think that's what it is. I think they just keep turning these guys out. Because like the best player growing up when you played baseball was always a shortstop. There's nine yeah. guys that, that start in the major leagues. I guarantee you they all played shortstop in the league. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a reason. They, they're the best athlete on the field. Micah Awe, uh, 
he's he's a guy that's kind of bounced around the league. He's mm-hmm. probably one of the hardest hitting and guys in the league. Guys have bounced off of him around the league. Yeah, now he's a Calgary Stampeder, <laughs> and we're going to see this what, isn't even fair anymore. What, what he's going to do in that defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Silas Stewart is another name that is uh, standing out. He's currently out with a toe injury. Uh, Perry Young was with the Stamps last year. He's another guy. There's a lot of guys in there. Mm-hmm. And we might see some new faces impressing at linebacker for the Stamps. I think one of the keys this year is hopefully being able to keep the secondary as healthy as possible. Yeah, It does appear Trey Roberson is going to be entering the season healthy. That will help. It does suck that Jalen Philpott is injured and is going to miss some significant mm-hmm. time to start the season. I was looking forward to seeing what he was going to follow up his rookie season with. The Elks were on the losing end of uh, that game in Calgary, but they did give the Stamps fits. Hey, they're the guys that made it hard on the starting quarterbacks for uh, mm-hmm. the Stamps. And, hey, that conversation I had earlier this week, I cannot count the Elks out for a home playoff game. I think that the <laughs> I think the Bombers Actually, Oh man. Yeah, the, bom- I, the Bombers are still back. on top. Like, until <laughs> Yeah. To be the man? Yeah. You got to beat with a tear in my eye like it's they Woo! are Rick Flair. They are Rick Flair right now. But coming I, in number 1. I just think about the offense. You know, Taylor Cornelius, he's got a cannon of an arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw what he did against the Riders running all over them last year. Um, That's not a fair. <laughs> but now, Geno Lewis, uh, a full season of Dylan Mitchell, a full mm-hmm. season of running back Kevin Brown. and I'm then <laughs> I think the Elks are legit contender here for a home playoff game a lot of other teams i think it's winnipeg and then still everybody else I, i'm hesitant to count calgary out they're always fine no, i think I, to... I, I i kind of agree with you but i think it's 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 winnipeg calgary Edmonton, bc and then saskatchewan i just don't know if there's enough there yet right but we'll right. get to that in a preview show at some point maybe yes that's i'm alive still maybe if yeah <laughs> hey uh, your surgery recovery must be going well if you're out there playing golf probably not supposed to be <laughs> it hurts <laughs> it hurts it hurts so bad i don't have any good drugs hopefully your boss doesn't hear this uh but <laughs> what's harder playing golf or working oh playing golf <laughs> <laughs> but you also enjoy it more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Today on moments... the back. Today on the. Well, today yeah, I quit good. yesterday or last year. Yeah, he's like, if somebody came to pick up Ty's golf clubs, he would not be on the course this year. No, I, or would I you just bought a new set? I would have just spent forty four hundred dollars a year earlier than I did. <laughs> hey, those new that those fitted clubs—they make you a better player, or what? <laughs> hey, you tied a personal best. Yes, I played three over on the front nine today and then blew up on the back. Okay. And I golfed with the, the head pro's dad, just got randomly paired up with him. And we were on like the 17th hole. And he's like, hey, can you stop talking to yourself and just like hit a golf ball? Like, stop calling yourself an idiot. Stop calling yourself an a hole. Like, just you're in your own head. And then, yeah, sure enough, just 
pump and, and then drive. you got better. Yeah. And then I <laughs> played the last two holes at one over. I'm like, oh, so it can be done. <laughs> the Elks have uh, acquired Theron Churchill from the Toronto Argonauts for a pick next year from the great Alberta metropolis of Stettler tie. The heartland. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Some call it the heart of Alberta. Ba- Bashaw meets. You ever been? Uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I feel like the pressure is on. No. Okay. If they don't win, there's no way they're not blowing up the cap this year with all of the acquisitions they've made. Mm-hmm. Uh, even... On the coaching staff, Jeff Reinbold back in the CFL. Scott Milanovic is with the. Okay, uh, how Tiger many? Cats. What's, what's even the coaching rules anymore? I, <laughs> beats me, man. I'm so lost. I don't know what they're getting paid or how they're getting paid. I got an uh, idea. <laughs> James Butler is now uh, the running back there, uh, or whatever role they have for him in Hamilton. I mean. Let's call it a back. Don't call it running. Yeah. Yeah. Will they run the ball? But he is a good receiving back. So maybe mm-hmm. it will work for Bo Mitchell and the And I don't think offense. Bo wants to throw the ball 50 times a game, though, either. Yeah. That makes sense. So that might force their hand a little bit. Joel Figueroa is uh, now with the Tabbies. And I think the offensive line has been kind of a point of discussion mm-hmm. uh, for Hamilton over the last few years here. That'll be a big piece added to their front. Now, I think the biggest thing will be managing personalities in the, the Ticat locker room. What do you think about that? No, it'll be fine. <laughs> I think... Like you said, you mentioned the pressure. Like if they don't win, a, if they make it to the Great Cup and lose again, or they don't even make the Great Cup, you might as well just move the team to Halifax. They can they can be the Schooners because that that city might burn down. Now, all that part of Toronto might burn down. It's a crime that the Ty Cats don't play in Calgary this year, mm-hmm. but the dream Great Cup matchup has to be. Hundred percent. Calgary going through the West, going to Tim Hortons Field, and facing Bo Mitchell. And then Jake Mayer comes out, throws four hundred yards, five touchdowns, <laughs> and, then Ty Cats and still, lose. and then Ty Cats lose. Yeah. <laughs> that is the dream scenario for the one hundred and tenth Grey Cup. A team older than the Grey Cup is the Toronto Argonauts as they celebrate 150 years this season. They are the team in uh, North America that's used their name for the longest amount of time. Mm -hmm. The amount of history that the Argos have is incredible. They are a team that needs to be supported by the six. They are the defending Grey Cup champions. And they had this press conference at the Argonaut Rowing Club. Canadian football historians just had to be nerding out. Oh, <laughs> it, was Stephen Brunt there? Because he might have passed out. <laughs> I, this 150th anniversary logo, the boat, the pull together on there. All season long, they're going to be uh, marking this historic occasion. 
But a lot of change on the roster again after winning the Great Cup. They, they are the 1998 version Florida Marlins. But it always and happens. The and the 2004 Florida Marlins. <laughs> this just always happens for Toronto. Mm-hmm. There is no more McLeod Bethel Thompson. He's uh, in the USFL. Do I know how he's been doing? No. <laughs> Decent, I hear. Decent. All right. Good Decent. for him. Good for him. Uh, now, Chad Kelly, the guy leading the Argos into the season. Also the guy that every writer fan on Twitter said that they should go out and get <laughs> after one drive. <laughs> Do you see why I hate these people? <laughs> It's the final stand for Andrew Harris, Brazilian Ty's favorite player. His final shot. (laughs) Kobe. Swish. (laughs) (laughs) But Chad Kelly, uh, is is he ready? Only one way to find out. Feels like a quote from the uh, 2015 election campaign. But oh. is is Chad Kelly ready? Yeah, oh, that's so topical, it hurts. <laughs> to lead the Argos into this season. Mm-hmm. But hey, Curly Gittens Jr., K- mm-hmm. Jr., can he repeat what happened last year? I think they're going to need those running backs uh, more involved. A.J. Yeah. Olette. And I remember last year... It took him forever to get a rushing touchdown from a non-QB. Yeah. Wasn't, it, think, wasn't it like the last game of the year? Yeah. I, I have to think that that is going to be a focus. A point uh, of emphasis yeah, or yeah. emphasis, if you will. Going into the season. But, hey, they still got Wynn McManus. They still got mm-hmm. Henock Mwamba. They've got Jordan Williams, the former number one pick by the BC Lions coming into the year. The defensive line... They're monsters. Sean Oakman, Orimalade from uh, Calgary coming to town. They're, they're still going to be a mm-hmm. tough team to deal with. Will the offense be able to uh, yeah. match what the defense is able to yeah. do? They're, they're going to they're gonna beat the hell out of you. Yeah. Whether on the defensive side of the ball or on the ground with Harris and Olette, it's, it's the quarterback position that has the most question marks. And we've he's barely played. So yeah. it's a wait and see, and it's just – they're going to win games on their defense, and sure, Chad Kelly is probably going to win a game or two with his arm. He's all, he's mobile; like he can move around a bit. It's just all eighteen games, big sample size. We're going to see what he what he really is. Now, the Montreal Alouettes. I, I think they're another team that's going to take a hit this season. If you do like fullbacks, you might Who doesn't a, you might be a fan of the Alouettes. It might be Dwayne Ford's favorite team. Uh, going into the year. Wasn't it kind of already? <laughs> yeah, but, but as the season went on last year in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. Moss started getting the fullbacks out there, and I think it was mostly probably to help out uh, the offensive yeah, was, line. Didn't now, have a lot of other options. Yeah, a, a healthy William Standback, they will need him to, to be healthy. Uh, the Owls have drafted a couple fullbacks. Uh, they do have James Tuck on the roster. Let's see how these guys are going to be worked into the offense for Cody Fajardo and uh, Jason Moss. Now, Herji Mayala has extended his contract with the Alouettes, but I, I do see this being a tough team or a tough season 
for the team. There's been an ownership change, but I think the delay with that really handcuffed them going into free agency and also the draft this year. I I hope the best for the Alouettes, but I, I think it might be a tough one for them. Losing somebody like Geno Lewis is always tough, but they did gain, or they still have Chandler Worthy, and they did gain mm-hmm. Greg Ellingson right. So that would add some uh, experience to the offense, but right now it might be a tough, tough year in Montreal. Yeah, and you know, we talked about the last couple of years, a little momentum that they've yeah. been able to build, and then the ownership we'll call it a debacle happens this yeah. past season into the off season. It kept just stretching out and stretching on and kept going and going, and going. And then, like you said, it bleeds into the draft, it bleeds into free agency and all of a sudden then it, it's done. And then you're already handcuffed because it's hard to, you know, when it, when it comes to, when it comes to signing free agents, especially bonuses. Yeah. Right. If, if you're, if, if your ownership is in flux, it's hard. You're not MLSC who can just hand out $10 million on J- July 1st to John Tavares every year. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't, you can't do that. You don't have the pockets and you can't just sign off on something. New owner comes in and says, what the hell is this? So you're handcuffed there. You want to see them keep progressing, but it just feels like it's a step back here. But then you look at the weapons with Mayala and Ellingson and Chandler Worthy and William Stanback feels like there, there is something there. It just, the mojo just doesn't feel right right now. In BC, the uh, Lions didn't mention uh, Jordan Herdman Reed being uh, released. Uh, well, in Montreal, hey, uh, a big addition to that secondary is Jamal Roll, who uh, did that leave, is huge. Yeah, did leave Montreal, so that'll help uh, the secondary for sure. Uh, for BC, left Jordan Hamilton. Herd- Oh, yeah, he left Hamilton and, and is now uh, in Montreal. Uh, in BC, Jordan Herdman Reed released. He's already in Calgary. Sean Lemon released already. Like, you just lost your big – why would you release your biggest trade chip? I don't know if it's money. I yeah, He I was know. the West nominee for most outstanding defensive player six months ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened in the offseason? I don't know. So I think Lemon could be an addition to a team. It seems like every time he's told he's done, he comes mm-hmm. in and has a dynamite year. Maybe Calgary just brings him back don't and he lights it on fire again. Oh. <laughs> but maybe the only reason is because the Lions had an opportunity to bring in Jonathan Kongbo, who started his yeah. CFL career with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He was behind uh, Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat. He wrote, he rotated in a few times and then has spent uh, some time with the Denver Broncos. Now back in the CFL with the BC Lions. He's long like Willie Jefferson. Uh, he's an yeah. athlete like Willie Jefferson. And BC Lions will be expecting big things mm-hmm. from him this season. They have released Stephen Stove Richardson, the defensive tackle. Who, what a nickname. It's a great nickname. He's encountered some difficulties with injuries. Uh, would have been a great, great piece to have on the defensive line, but uh, I'm sure the injuries are the reason why uh, he's been let go for the Lions. And one of the storylines to watch as preseason games start, as training camp moves along, is 
the running back position. Uh, James Butler kind of came out of nowhere last year. It helps that Nathan Rourke was there, and in the first game of the year, he had like five touchdowns. (laughs) So (laughs) it was a great start to the season for him. Now it is a wide-open battle at uh, running back in Vancouver, or I guess in Kamloops as uh, things move along here. Uh, home, 20- of the, home of the 2023 Memorial Cup. Yes. British Columbia. Starting this weekend, uh, that Memorial Cup. So we'll see who's going to win that job coming out of camp because as we play fantasy football, uh, it's sure to be a – $2,500 option or somewhere in there as the season Has starts and will be a mainstay on my roster for a few weeks. But if you're a CFL fan and you're a BC Lions fan, please visit uh, their YouTube channel and watch the Arrow Up documentaries. It even followed uh, the team to the States when uh, Vernon Adams Jr. And I know he's did this in Montreal, but he brings the receivers in, a few DBs in, They start to learn the playbook, gain some chemistry together by running some plays. Man, it is so great, the access that they have and the documentaries that they put together. I think it's just great for the fans, and it's just a great watch. (laughs) Dolan's been killing it. Yeah, just great work uh, with the uh, BC Lions there. Now... We'll, we'll talk about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here, where I still think they're going to be on top. But I do wonder if more cracks are going to start to show hey. in the armor. Once you get to the top of the mountain, all that's left is lightning. So at some point, this has to come crumbling down. Yeah. I, I think last year, the defense was starting to give up more yards. They mm-hmm. weren't as dominant as they were, but... They did a, lose the Grey Cup. Yeah. That's true. And, and it was a just a different offense, though. More high-flying mm-hmm. from the Bombers. Because, as I said, maybe they start to show cracks. There's always that moment where it's second and 17, Zach Kalaros is running for his life, and they convert the first town. It just yeah. always happens. They lose Kenny the King Lawler. Dalton Schoen comes in. Now they're teammates. <laughs> so... They're not the Bombers where they ran all over you with the running game and handed the ball off 25, 30 times a game. They're the Bombers that can score on you from anywhere on the field. Kenny With Zach Kalaros as a two-time MOP winner. We thought he was done three years ago. Everyone thought he was done. Like, where did this come from? And the strong offensive line that's been able to keep him... Almost untouched, more or less, has been the reason why they've been able to have so much success. Uh, the, the defensive secondary was uh, an area, another team that had some injury troubles last year and some inconsistency a little bit here and there. But Mike O'Shea has been raving about a couple new uh, or DBs that were there last year and Jamal Parker and Evan Holm. I mean, O'Shea said Holm has uh, as good a feet as you'll ever see on a DB. So if they can stay healthy when O'Shea's praising these guys, although 
he does praise all his players in the media. And I think that's mm-hmm. why people like to go play in Winnipeg. So we'll be watching the new faces in the secondary. Uh, Ricky Walker expected to be the starting defensive tackle as Casey Sales is off to Hamilton, another great addition to the Tie Cats. So, like they're they're ten million dollars over the cap right now. Yeah, <laughs> but in Winnipeg, yeah. the defensive line didn't get the pressure last year that we've become accustomed to, and that in turn hurts the secondary. So. Mm-hmm. Ricky Walker's got a big job ahead of him. Are we going to see pressure from those ends? I mean, Jeff Coat was kind of in and out of the lineup with injury issues in 2022. That's going to be a big thing to watch for Winnipeg coming into the season. The one thing that worries me with 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 Ricky Walker is he's 6'2", 287. Right. He is not Drake Nevis. He is yeah. not these big nose tackles that you see that will bull rush. Can he bull rush somebody? Absolutely. More than likely, yes, he can. Is he going to draw the same attention that those big guys do in the middle? It, I don't know. That's the only thing that worries me is he's a little undersized to be playing nose tackle. And Sergio Castillo is back in Winnipeg. Uh, I'm not a, doing it. <laughs> a name that Ticat fans uh, don't want to know. I mean, uh, five field goals in the Great Cup in 2021. Probably the reason Mm-hmm. That a big reason that uh, the Bombers able to clinch the championship that year. Remember when we said field goals won't win you games? <laughs> hey, they'll lose you games. Oh, it happened to the Bombers like last it, year. <laughs> just like John Snyder in Toronto right now. You know, managers <laughs> won't win you ball games, but they can sure as hell lose you ball games. <laughs> Man, uh, that, that about wraps things up for uh, preseason going into week two. Argo's new uh jersey unis did you like them no <laughs> i like the helmet yeah and i like the color that they went with and and made the shoulders like i'm I'm assuming they're supposed to be oars right right that's about it i, Other think than so, that, yeah. I don't like them i don't like them the pants look weird the logo yeah like the logo is like where, like, you know, where you would be pulling down to show a, a risque tattoo. It's like, <laughs> I don't like them. I guess I like it's, the blue. I don't like, I like, I like those jerseys. I guess it's the opposite, like, contrast. Like the, the I don't know, the baby They're like blue. The, the reverse retro NHL. Yeah. Yeah. I do like, I guess. I love I, the helmet. I don't yeah. see how people can hate that helmet. Yeah, the helmet's awesome. There's, yeah. there's no way around that. Uh, but. New new look Argos for their 150th anniversary. Maybe some new looks uh, that we're going to be seeing more and more as New Era stamps their or puts their mark on the CFL. Hey, at least if we didn't, at least the CFL didn't get a deal with Fanatics. Yeah, and I hope that doesn't happen, man. I hope that doesn't happen. We're not retired yet. Uh, yeah. We're here. <laughs> For the 2023 season. Once you start thinking about it, though, you're already there. That's true. That's, That's what they true. say. This might, this might be the last season. It could be. It we could are, be. Yeah, we, this could be six seasons in a movie. And, and, and it's not even like going out on top. It's well, jumping the shark and then just fading away. I wouldn't even say we jumped. I say we ran into the shark. I don't think either one of us could jump it. <laughs> I definitely can't water ski. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> 
<laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe to To It Out on your favorite podcatcher. And maybe throw us a subscription on YouTube as well so you can see that beautiful caterpillar that Brazilian Thai has been keeping on his face. And he started a mullet. How do you style a mullet? Do you kind of fluff the top? Like if you're going out for a night on the town, like how do you... Or, you, uh... or like your grandma's funeral or something where you had to put makeup on your forehead because you got a really bad sunburn. <laughs> you act, you They made you put makeup on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I guess you had a hat line, right? Oh, like it's... Oh, it's still there. Yeah. So I was hoping that there would be a patterned burn. Yeah. Like... But I have... There... Like the hat, the trucker hat, though. So it's oh, not okay. too bad, right? Okay. But, so if you had yeah. the pattern burn on your head, it would be like a goalie crease, like almost the old <laughs> goalie creases. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I have. I had to put foundation on. Well, I didn't. My auntie did, but yeah. I guess this I show did. gives me a reason to catch up with Brazilian Thai, and maybe that's sure more alive. of a reason to retire. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but think about think about it. The less time you spend with me, the more time you get to spend with your sister. So really... <laughs> we will talk to you next week. I'm hitting stop. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.